48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A lawmaker representing New Territories North says CLP should compensate residents affected by yesterday's massive power outage. The CEO of the World Green Organization says it's unclear whether the 13-hour blackout breached the scheme of control agreement. And a new survey finds that the proportion of overweight and obese children has more than doubled during the pandemic. A lawmaker representing New Territories North says CLP should offer compensation to residents that were affected by the Yunlong power outage and disagreed with comment by a government official that the emergency alert system, or EAS, wasn't needed because it only affected a certain part of Hong Kong. Gary Jung made the comments after the Undersecretary for the Environment, Sechin Wan, said yesterday that the EAS should only be used for emergencies affecting all Hong Kong residents. Mr Jung spoke to James Ockenden on RTHK's Backchat programme. If an earthquake ever happens in Hong Kong, do you think we, uh, we, uh, if we should use the EAS or not? I think most people will agree with me that we should definitely use EAS during an earthquake in Hong Kong, right? But in fact, most likely an earthquake will only affect a specific location of the city. It will not be like the whole city uh, be having the earthquake. So... On this part, I really couldn't agree with the government officials' right. logic. The, the rationale for using it last time with the hospital closure was that people from all around the city might go to that hospital. Surely that applies here. People from all over the city might be headed towards Tin Shu Wai, where yes, there's no traffic lights and no street lights and, and whatnot. Yes, definitely. And we're talking about uh, several hundred thousands of people are being mm. affected and also the public transport were suspended for like half an hour. So that's definitely uh, justified to use the EAS, in my opinion. Also on the same program was William Yu, the CEO of the World Green Organization. He said it's not clear if the 13-hour power outage constitutes a breach of the scheme of control agreement between CLP and the government. The average electricity reconnection time is below 65 minutes, then there will be reward. But if higher than 85 minutes, there will be penalty. And for the reliability, also 99.992% or below, then they will face penalty. So it depends on the formula because it's a one-off incident. And you need to look at the entire figures, the total figures per year per customer. So we need to do some calculation whether they uh, haven't met the requirements and result in a penalty. A recent survey has found the proportion of overweight and obese children has more than doubled during the pandemic. Researchers from the Chinese University Medical School and the Pediatric Foundation said they polled more than 1,400 parents of kindergarten and primary school pupils, with most respondents saying their children spent less time playing outdoor sports and many saying they ate more snacks. Dr Lillian Wong from the Foundation said older children are more seriously affected than younger ones. When they're boring, they will eat. When they're stressful, they will eat. When they eat, they are looking in the electronic device and they, they don't care about what they are eating. So these are the habits that was really uh, cause a lot. So I think with all these factors included, so this is why the primary school students, they are more obese because as we are showed that this kind of habit is more intense in those primary school students as compared with kindergarten students. So this is why if opportunity-wise, we have to catch opportunity to teach the younger student or younger children that they have to practice healthily. Okay, they have to eat healthily. Health officials say they found five positive COVID cases and one indeterminate case after an overnight lockdown of Block 10 Malady Garden in Tunmun. 
And the number of coronavirus cases in Macau in its latest outbreak has jumped to 110 as the city launches another round of mass testing. The screening will run till midnight tomorrow. Authorities have so far placed more than 4,000 people under medical observation due to links to the confirmed cases. The government has announced that all schools except tertiary institutions will start their summer break early. Turning overseas, Afghanistan's Taliban rulers have urged aid agencies and other countries to intensify relief efforts after an earthquake in the southeast of the country. 1,000 people are believed to have died. A foreign ministry spokesman said international sanctions imposed on Afghanistan meant the government was unable to provide all the help needed. The UN humanitarian res- representative in Kabul, Dr. Ramiz Alakbarov, says the country no longer has the finances to deal with major disasters. The government of Afghanistan used to have a budget of $13.5 billion, out of which $8 billion were paid by international community. Uh, I do not think I need to describe what happens to the governance structures uh, or a, a national budget if the $8 billion aid is not available. Uh, you may imagine uh, what sort of difficulties they face. President Biden has called on the U.S. Congress to suspend federal taxes on petrol and diesel for three months to try to bring down record fuel prices for drivers. He acknowledged that oil and gas prices had risen partly as a result of sanctions against Russia because of the Ukraine conflict. Speaking to reporters at a White House press briefing, the U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm said Americans would continue to pay a high price unless the country moved to cleaner energy. As long as our nation remains overly reliant on oil and fossil fuels, we'll feel these price shocks again. This is not going to be the last time. The next time there's a war, the next time there's a pandemic, they will impact the access that we have to fossil fuels. The only way out of these boom and bust cycles is to break that sole reliance, and that means diversifying our fuel sources by deploying clean energy. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has accused critics of his government's policy to send asylum seekers to Rwanda as having a condescending attitude towards the country. He made the comments before embarking for Kigali, where he's due to attend a meeting of the Commonwealth Heads of Government. The BBC's Alex Forsyth reports. At the first in-person meeting of Commonwealth leaders since the COVID pandemic and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the focus is expected to be on boosting trade and cooperation, improving food security, tackling climate change and improving education for women and girls. Number 10 said it was a pivotal moment for the international community and the Commonwealth is uniquely placed to find solutions. But there will be tensions and it won't escape notice that the Prime Minister will arrive in the Rwandan capital before any of the asylum seekers he'd hoped to send from the UK. The final part of a mammoth report into alleged corruption in South Africa under the former president Jacob Zuma has been handed to his successor Cyril Ramaphosa. The report paints a picture of a country whose coffers were looted by its former president and his associates, the prominent Gupta brothers. At a press briefing in Pretoria, President Ramaphosa spoke about what the report means for South Africa. The formal handover today of this final report represents the fulfilment of the remedial action that was set out in the State of Capture report as issued by the then public protector. The report is far more than a record of widespread corruption, fraud and abuse. It is also an instrument through which the country can work to ensure that such events never happen again. 
The French President Emmanuel Macron has acknowledged that Sunday's parliamentary elections, in which his centrist alliance fell short of an absolute majority, have underlined divisions in the country. But he said all parties must make compromises. In a national broadcast, Mr Macron said various political parties at the National Assembly would have to make clear how much responsibility they were willing to take. His comments come after his central alliance fell short of a majority by more than 40 seats. The results gave a significant boost to Marine Le Pen's far-right National Rally Party, helping it become the single biggest opposition party for the first time. The head of the U.S. Central Bank has told lawmakers that he believes the U.S. economy is strong enough to withstand further rate hikes. Analysts have warned that the Federal Reserve's efforts to tackle inflation risk tipping the U.S. economy into recession, prompting a sell-off in global markets. But speaking at a Senate hearing in Washington, Jerome Powell said the Fed would continue to adapt its policy to changing circumstances. Against the backdrop of the rapidly evolving economic environment, our policy has been adapting and it will continue to do so. With inflation well above our longer-run goal of 2% and an extremely tight labor market, we raised the target range for the federal funds rate at each of our past three meetings, resulting in a 1.5 percentage point increase in the target range so far this year. The committee reiterated that it anticipates that ongoing increases increases in the target range will be appropriate. A U.S. official says leaders at the upcoming G7 summit in Germany will announce new measures aimed at pressuring Russia over Ukraine. President Biden flies to Bavaria on Saturday to join the leaders of Britain, Canada, France, Germany, Italy and Japan at the summit. The Club of Wealthy Democracies is at the heart of an economic and diplomatic campaign to punish Russia over Ukraine. After attending the G7 meeting from Sunday to Tuesday, Mr Biden will fly to Madrid for a NATO summit next week. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 135.32 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 5 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 61 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,225, 222 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $59 billion. Sport and ice hockey and the Colorado Avalanche have beaten Tampa Bay 3-2 in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final to move within a victory of dethroning the two-time defending champion Lightning. Game 5 is tomorrow night in Denver where Colorado won the first two games of the series and are 7-2 this postseason. The Lightning have been trying to become the first team to win at least three straight Stanley Cup titles since the New York Islanders won four in a row from 1980 to 1983. The Avalanche last hoisted the Cup in 2001. Sadio Mane has completed a move from Liverpool to Bayern Munich worth just under 43 million US dollars. Liverpool turned down two bids from Bayern before agreeing a fee for the Senegal forward, who's under contract at Anfield till next summer. But the 30-year-old has signed a three-year deal with the German champions. Mane explained why he wanted to move. I chose Bayern Munich because, first of all, when there was really interested on me, and I speak with my agent, of course, and uh, the project for me uh, was the best, even though I had other offers. But uh, for me, I think Bayern Munich is the right club. Bayern's rivals Borussia Dortmund bolstered their lineup by signing the Ivory Coast striker Sebastian Haller for 37 million US dollars from the Dutch champions Ajax. In tennis, Serena Williams and her doubles partner Ons Jabeur have reached the semi-finals at the Eastbourne International as they heat up for Wimbledon. More from the BBC's Andy Barwell.
Qualifying for Wimbledon continues, but many have had their eyes on how Serena Williams has been getting on on the south coast in the events at Eastbourne. While partnering Tunisia's Angebur in the doubles, well, they've reached the semi-finals now with a 6-2, 6-4 victory over Shoku Ayama and Shanghai Cheng. Well, in the singles at Eastbourne, Petra Kvitova lost the first set to Britain's Katie Bolter, but came back to win and progressed through to the quarterfinals there. And in the men's competition, the American Maxine Cressy progressed with a straight sets win over the home-based player Dan Evans, but Argentina's Diego Schwartzman went out to Britain's Jack Draper. A record nine million US dollars will be at stake for the Women's PGA Championship, the third major of the year, which, which gets underway at the Congressional Country Club in Maryland. The total purse is double last year's. The winner alone will take home 1.35 million US dollars. Park MB has won the event three times and has speaking about has been speaking about her chances. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> yeah, but if you you know ask me if I could do it now, I think it'll be pretty you know impossible to do it. But back then, you know, I just you know my you know game and everything was you know in you know great shape. I think every player has that moment in their career where everything seems to be going the right way. Every little move is the right move. I think it was you know that time of my career. Some sad news from the NFL: the Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalon Ferguson has died at the age of 26. The team said they were saddened by the news. The cause of death has not been given. Jay Ferguson, nicknamed Sack Daddy for his defensive strength, has played three seasons for the Ravens, who drafted him in the third round in 2019. A judge in Argentina has ordered eight medical personnel to stand trial for alleged criminal neglect, causing Argentine football legend Diego Maradona to die in bed while receiving post-surgery care. The court ordered a culpable homicide trial for the eight to include Maradona's family, doctor and nurses, based on evidence that they had failed to take action that could have prevented the death in November 2020. No trial date has been set. Maradona died aged 60 while recovering from brain surgery for a blood clot and after decades of battles with cocaine and alcohol addictions. He was found to have died of a heart attack. Australian gold medalist Shana Jack will miss the rest of the World Swimming Championships after breaking her hand in a freak training accident. The 23-year-old, who was expected to win a medal in the women's 100-metre freestyle in Budapest, posted a picture on Instagram with her left arm in plaster. Australian head coach Rowan Taylor said the accident happened while Jack was warming up in a practice pool. She'll return home for surgery and said she hoped to be fit for the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham next month. On to the weather forecast. It will be... Fine and very hot this afternoon with light to moderate southerly winds and the outlook fine and very hot in the next few days, but there'll be one or two showers early next week. Currently it's 32 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 60%. Please be advised that the very hot weather warning is in effect. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A lawmaker representing New Territories North says CLP should compensate residents affected by yesterday's massive power outage. The CEO of the World Green Organization says it's unclear whether the 13-hour blackout breached the scheme of control agreement. And a new survey finds that the proportion of overweight and obese children has more than doubled during the pandemic. The news from RTHK.
to the one two three show with me Sadia Osmani and it's a beautiful day out there the sun is shining so what else can we ask for now did you know that the 23rd of June is International Olympic Day well I didn't either but I think it's worth mentioning and I've got some interesting facts and figures for you 
After 2 p.m. today, the, di- di- the dynamic duo Christy Lai and Yuki Chung are back for Chinwag. This week, they talk about lying flat, which has nothing to do with your bed or mattress. Lying front flat essentially means doing the bare minimum to get by and striving for nothing more than what is absolutely essential.